Welcome to the future of email. I'm Dr. Matthew Dunn, founder and CEO of Campaign Genius. We help email platforms grow by giving their customers the power of real-time visual media in their email marketing. We believe that email is the critical civil media channel today for business and commerce. This podcast features the leading innovators in email marketing. Stick around to the end. I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the Cutting Edge podcast on the future of email. Let's go. Good morning. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of the Future of Email Marketing, and I'm delighted to say my guest today, this morning, uh, not quite morning in Canada, is Jeff Ginsburg. Jeff is the chief email officer at the email company. He's also about a 20-something year veteran of email marketing, and you're also the editor of the email guide, correct, Jeff? I am chief cook and bottle washer. Chief cook, bottle washer, and uh, and also quite uh, quite a, a, a yachtsman and sailor, and we'll hopefully have some time to get to that, but maybe a little introduction of yourself and your company just to orient people who are, especially who are listening, not watching. Yeah, so, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, Matthew. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I have a company and I called it the email company because I wanted to keep it simple. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for the last 21 years, I've been doing email marketing, everything from um, helping companies find the right technology to providing professional services from strategy, data management, creative campaign execution, tracking, reporting, the whole kit and caboodle. And um it really is, you know, full soup to nuts email marketing, but it, it started off in the uh, trenches of, you know, helping companies deliver messages and finding the right technology. And, you know, we started really at the enterprise level. So, you know, buying top top shelf technology and leveraging that across all of our clients in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. um, and that started at a time where it was so expensive to get into the technology, as well as uh, companies in the Canadian marketplace had such small lists as compared to the U.S. market. Oh, interesting. Uh, and and I mean, when you started, you're talking you're talking probably ninety servers and blades and 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 much more buying the building blocks of the raw technology, right? You know, when I started, I started with this little company in Huntsville, Alabama, called Revnet, and they they sold a license. You would install it on your server. They had a group mail. Uh, package as well as, you know, a, a distribution tool. And then they had this idea where they were going to say, we're going to rent it because it was so expensive. It was, you know, $50,000, $75,000 a license. Oh, wow. And they said, oh, well, let's rent it and yeah. see if that gets some traction in the marketplace. And it really was the first SaaS model that we ever experienced. No they, would no it on, uh, they would host it on their servers. And you would literally like log on and deploy your messages. Sorry, I'm, I, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm on a ship at sea. The camera was crooked. It was driving me crazy. Um, wow! And now almost everything in the email space is SaaS, right? Yeah. So from there, like this company, I think they were acquired by Message Media. Message Media was acquired by DoubleClick. DoubleClick was acquired by uh, Epsilon. Epsilon. Um, sort of let the technology die that we were using. We then switched over to Exact Target. Exact Target became Salesforce and you know uh, it goes on and on. So we've had our 
fair share of exposure across, you know, uh, the enterprise level. Um, and, you know, from my other line of business, the email guide, there's, you know, 654 different flavors of yeah. technology that can yeah. all send messages, whether it's, you know, a single tool that plugs into Outlook or Gmail to uh, a complex SaaS model that, you know, uh, is your omni-channel platform or, yeah. you know, covers every aspect of your marketing. Campaign. Yeah. And there's, and there's not just one of those either, right? There's, there's, there's many, many of them. Yeah. It, it, it struck me for a number of years that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of cloud computing and the cloud revolution, but there were a lot of aspects of email platforms that were there before we hung that label on it. Yeah. 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 And, and probably what, what's your read? Is that, has that, was that a net, was that a net gain shift for the marketer as more of the technology pieces, be, you know, were basically behind the pay, behind the paywall, so to speak, you didn't have to buy servers, licensed technology, plug the pieces together so much as say, I want to deliver this many messages. I've lost you. Um, is it, is it, I don't want to say better now because that's a fairly shallow question. Um, has it enabled? Has the 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 shift to cloud-based, SaaS-based, um, you know, pay for delivery versus as you were talking about early days, this technology connected to that technology, and a company actually had to sort of be involved in the technology of email. As it as it as it made the marketing side of it better. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't know if it's made the marketing side of it better. It's certainly made the financial side of it better. You know, there's an expression in the yachting business that says, if it floats, fucks, or flies, rent it. And, <laughs> you know, I bring it back to, I bring it back to technology. Like, why would you, why would you buy it? Why would you build it when you can simply rent it and you don't have to deal with the headache of, of owning it, of supporting it, of yeah. coding it, of maintaining it, and like all that other crap that comes along with ownership of technology. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. You should no. know that very well. Like, you know, you you write code, you put it out there on the net, you know how challenging it is to <laughs> like you know how challenging and expensive and like I'm looking, you got a full head of hair. I'm surprised. <laughs> Great. Who were in this business like you know they lose their hair over this stuff mm. yeah because it's not nearly uh, well i mean you're you're saying you're, you're you're alluding to something fairly deep there and it's an interesting uh interesting avenue to uh, travel email looks old and 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 stable and almost a bit boring but it's not like this stuff just keeps working day in and day out no change no one has to pay any attention it's surprisingly fragile fussy um, error prone, all that other stuff. You know, it's interesting. I was listening to, I was listening to some of your episodes and, you know, I think you said it best in, in your first one where you talked about the technology really hasn't changed. You know, it, the technology in itself is really the same, you know, uh, nuts and bolts. Yeah. Uh, but what has changed is the complexity of delivering messages and the complexity of, the message itself, yeah. you know, and how marketers are using it. But, you know, pushing a message out to the door really is, is the same concept as it was 
20 years ago. Yeah. It's just a question that's now harder to deliver. Yeah. And messages contain uh, more code of more complexity. Um, and I think marketers are using it, you know, back in the day, like, you know, we could do personalization, we could do dynamic content. Marketers were very, you know, scared to do a lot of that stuff. Huh, interesting. Today it's, it's, you know, second nature. If you're not doing it, you're really behind the eight ball. Well, yeah, I, I'm glad to hear you say it. I mean, back, backtrack to backtrack to one of your earlier sentences that the standards, right? The SMTP message body, all the all the pieces, all the plumbing, those are twenty year old standards, which which still just makes you go, wow. And and you know, but beyond that, there are standards. There are still functional standards, IETF standards in email that are even older than that, and we still use them. I mean. I was uh, not 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 to not to brag about the gray hair, but I was at uh, I was at Microsoft in the '90s um, before email meant Internet SMTP email. When email meant uh, stuff running on Novell Netware that you ran inside a company, not right. never. Oh my goodness, email people outside the company—that's never going to happen, right? It was a huge standard right. battle, and we had the debate about is it going to be X dot four hundred or this simplistic SMTP stuff. And SMTP won, thank goodness, because X400 would, now I wouldn't have any hair if that had won. Um, but we didn't, I, nobody anticipated that a, that a relatively simple sort of handshake protocol would scale to 306 billion messages a day as it has. Like, wow. And I know a ton of technical work from a ton of very smart, smart folks that make it do that today, but still the underlying sort of handshake, hi, my server says, here's a message for your server. That's old. It's been around a long time. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's remarkable. It, it, you, you, dated you, now, Matthew, what's that? You're dated, like really dinosaurish. <laughs> I, you know, it didn't I take think... too long, right? What, what, we're three minutes in, four minutes in, and now I just feel like decrepit. Uh, I I think having worked through some of the early period, especially since those standards have stuck around, can can actually give you an advantage in in understanding the 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 structure and the plumbing that someone who just fires up their SaaS tool and uses it to send messages, they may have no idea if they don't bother to learn. Um, like how the how the bits and pieces actually work, and I would argue, I'd be curious to be your reaction about this because you've got such a broad view of of the um, vendor market in email. Marketers can end up being somewhat prisoners of the box of the tool, right? Well, my email editor does these things, so this is what my emails look like. Mm, that's limited by the editor, not necessarily by what email could do. Yeah. Comments? Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. Um, it's funny, like you, you had, uh, was it Massimo from B? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So they've got a great editor. Your tool in itself does, um, you know, puts a lot of the fancy flowers into a message. Uh, I think what I recognize about most platforms in the market, their email editor sucks. <laughs> and there's great tools out there that yeah. either plug in, you could plug and play into your SaaS platform mm -hmm. or that you can use, you know, um, I'm not too sure about bees, but, you know, I'm a big fan of Stripo, you know, 
you can connect Stripo to your your platform of choice through an API and pump yeah. your message. Same as you know, like if you wanted to code in Litmus or yeah. email yeah. on ASCII, you can pump those messages right into your um, your SaaS of choice. Yeah. And that way you're not limited to that platform. And it goes along the full spectrum of anything else. Like you, you should not be confined by the constraints of your, your uh, ESP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, I'm, I'm actually, I'm glad to hear you say it. And, and it's worth noting, you know, as we have this conversation, it was what, just last week, the taxi for email, one of another, you know, sort of more capable enterprise focused email editor got snapped up and acquired by Meeting Bird as they acquired SparkPost or vice versa. But like, like the market seems to be saying, Ooh, there's some there's some value to more richer, better editor instead of just what we put, just what we could put inside the platform. The mm-hmm. the the B proposition, you alluded to that great conversation with Massimo, um, you know, they said in email editor is hard, let's do it well. And maybe there's a market for that modular piece of technology. Turns out to have been a good bet, and I and I and I am a huge fan. Um, but it, do we are we starting to uh, pull some of the coherence of just how do I say this? Just uh, just fire up the tool and focus on the marketing message. Are we starting to pull that back apart and say you could send better stuff if you worked in this editor, not the built-in editor? Um, I think that's think- the case with. You know, it's it's like buying. Uh, you know, I, I drive a minivan, like <laughs> so. So I, I feel like I'm a little out of touch. But it's like you know, buying. A, I'm thinking like a like a Honda Civic or a mm-hmm. Subaru. You know, you can buy the base vehicle, but there's a million and one aftermarket modifications that you can bolt on to yeah. Yeah. make your car better, uh, a better performing car. Yeah. And it's the same thing, you know, like we're talking about an email editor. One of the biggest, um, one of the biggest areas that we've really uh, saved time and money is in workflow process. So it's in testing, you know, multiple variants of a message. So when you have, you know, 20 or 30 different cells of content that are all going to switch up based on a user profile, you mm-hmm. want to be able to see what that looks like in real life and yeah. see all of those iterations and instances of it. Yeah. And there's a lot of tools out there that don't do it. And then right. there's some third-party tools that do it well. Yes. So yeah. um, I just think there's a great opportunity for whatever the SaaS platform is to look at all of the other plug-and-play applications. And, you know, I think, um, is it Chief Martech? Uh, yeah. That publishes that yearly infographic of... The Martech the- landscape, that one? Yeah. Wow. And- <laughs> I guess the reality is when you look at all of those platforms, they can all play with each other one way or the other, whether it's, you know, manual or through an API or direct integration. Um, But I think it's up to the marketer to really recognize what's the best tool for the job and to recognize that the tool I have might not be the best tool. It's the one I have, but, you know, for a little bit extra, a little bit of this or a little bit of that, I can augment what I don't have. Yeah. I, I would confess some impatience as a, you know, I'll take my host hat off for a second. As a, as a, as a vendor providing additional, uh, additional functions, additional magic in email, <laughs> I, I do find myself a bit impatient with email marketers 
that personally, it just seems like a lot of them are so flippin' overworked, production-oriented, and just in this grind of get the next campaign out the door. They're lifting their head up to look at the realm of the possible, as you suggested. Yeah. doesn't happen that often. What do you well, think? It's, it's a, uh, I think that's a typical symptom of email. And it's, be, in my mind, I think it's because email never had, you know, the light of day on anybody's P&L. So <laughs> it never got money. It never got attention. It was always, you know, the orphan child. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, they say, oh, email is our number one performing resource or, or source of traffic. You know, it generates the most revenue of all of our other channels. Mm-hmm. And yet they still don't, you know, team it up like they would team up, whether it be a sales team or a marketing team or a uh, technology team, they just, you know, they say, oh, we'll get one or two people and they'll look after everything. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, we talk about the speed of business, whatever that really means, but it's like, you know, we're constantly trying to get shit done, you know, and it's, you know, it's hard to say, okay, I'm going to take a second and, uh, figure out what's the next tool. I don't want to deal with the next tool. Most mm. marketers will say it's like, you know, I got enough problems with this tool. I don't want yeah. another problem or I got yeah. enough issues or headaches and I don't need any more work. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think we, that's a problem of, sorry. Um, I just want to say, I think that's a problem of corporate culture because corporate culture is like, well, not always, but it's for many years, it's been like, how do we get the maximum out of our employees mm. and work them, you know, whether it's nine to nine or eight to 10 or whatever the hours are. And, yeah. you know, I've always been of the mindset, like Monday to Friday, nine to five, go home and have a life. Yeah. Amen. You know, it's like, here, here. Really like, if you have to provide, if you have to, if you can't get it done within the day, then either you're incompetent or we're overtasking. <laughs> well, you just, you just like, I want to put a marker and it's like, boom, there's, there's the snippet that I want everybody to hear. Cause I, I, I couldn't agree more. You're also saying that a lot of companies really underinvest people, time, et cetera, in their email marketing program. Yeah, I think I look at it's getting a lot better. It's getting more. I think so. Well, from, you know, five, 10 years ago, for sure. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, Because, you know, 10 years ago, it was really an outsourced world. People didn't even have people internally to do it. Agency Um, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And now they've got at least, you know, uh, one or two or three headcount. Some teams have, you know, five and 10. But if you look at, you know, some of the industry surveys, there's mm-hmm. very few companies that are pushing more than three people on their email. Team. Yeah. Yeah. Email teams. I, I agree. Um, you probably have better data on it, but it does seem like email teams, even at surprisingly big companies, <laughs> not talking about a big group. Yeah. 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 Which, which means they're Stressed, overworked, etc. Um, and and that you know back to earlier note about it. It's not quite as uh, robust as it looks on the surface. If someone's got to check that the the sends are working, it's going to be one of those overworked people, and it may be midnight when they when they got to log in and do that. And I go, well, that's your job, so go ahead and do it. And then then you've got the dichotomy. Carrying this a little further, you've got the dichotomy that that that. The list, it's not just a list, but that, that set of people you've got a relationship with and a, and a connection me- method with, your email list, 
is a huge asset, right? If you're selling your company, that's one of the things that's that's going to get valued. And like the dichotomy is, if that's so important, why do we underinvest in the people who steward that asset? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. The other thing is, I think we're sending a lot more messages, right? You know, the retailer that would send one a month is now sending three or four a week. Yeah, you know, if not every day. Plus, yeah. then there's the transactional messages, yeah. and and the list goes on and on. Then there's the automations, and so like it, it just it's nonstop. And then the marketers, like you know, bucket me and you in that say, well, you got to do it better. You got to yeah. make it, you know, more relevant. You got to make it, you know, more personal. Uh, you know, show up on all of these different devices perfectly, pixel yep. perfect. Yep, and it's got to have that you know, uh, captivating Instagram effect. Like, you know, people don't have the time to read their mail. And like, it, it really is, you know, one of the notes I was making of the future of email, like it's an Instagram world. Like if you're on Instagram or Facebook, like this idea, and I know your readers mm-hmm. can't see this, but I'm like, I'm like fingering through flip, swipe flip, left, flip. swipe right, up, down, yep. whatever you want. Yep. Yep. Like, you know, it's like, we have no attention span. and we're bombarded by a trillion messages a day. Yeah, yeah, and and implicit in what you said about an Instagram world, and I, and I very much agree. And this is this is a hobby horse I'm guilty of riding way too much. It's 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 a much more visual, quick gestalt. You know, get the idea, get the impression. And email, in my humble opinion, and I have a dog in the fight. Email is is just starting to catch up with a more more visual first more design first sensibility like i'm sorry you can't you can't copyright your way to success if people are not allocating time to read it they're not for the most part allocating time to read every word in your email message yeah yeah and and i think the problem is it was that way when email was all text based mm, yeah. and now that you know it's a lot of it's all visual driven mm-hmm. Uh, it, again, it's really hard to break through that that clutter and that noise. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, and it and and it takes hook two pieces together. It takes more and different resources to make a more visually compelling, more visually meaningful message than the email team probably has, and it's a different skill set too. Right? Yeah. You it, like if you don't have a dedicated. Uh, you know, visual designer. Um, how are you gonna How are you gonna maintain that volume of three or four a week and make them you know compelling and eye catching and you know uh, digestible in the less than eleven seconds that people spend yeah. on an email? So we may see. I'd be interesting to see if we if we see a retooling of email teams to say, ooh, because don't tell me the web team doesn't have someone who pays attention to that. The web's a very competitive design, competitive landscape design wise. Now, if your website sucks, your brand sucks, to put it bluntly. So of course you have to pay attention to that. Of course it has to be pixel perfect. Meanwhile, you can send out ugly emails and I don't know if you can keep getting away with that. So I think we're agreeing. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Ugly, ugly emails don't generate sales. Like I don't know, there's some sort of meme happening. <laughs> now let's uh Let's let's dive in from a different direction. You have kids. How old? Oh, my daughter is eighteen, so she's old, and my son is seventeen. Okay, so he's old. 
They're, they're not like little kids anymore. Dang. Digital natives though, right? Yes. They and, are. And, and what are your 17 and 18 year old like? They know you. They know that email is part of your life. What's their perspective on email? I don't think they have a perspective on email. It's just you know, part of the landscape. It's so like, yeah, and look, and I, I got to ask them because they'll have an opinion on Instagram, on Snapchat, mm-hmm. on TikTok, and look, my kids are not. My kids are not uh, techno nerds by any means. Like my my son, both my kids, they don't game. Um, my daughter just got on Facebook uh, only because she's going off to university and there's a Facebook group specifically for yeah, the, um, the new class. Specifically for kids of her age who are going first year to this university. Okay, cool. It wasn't like even to go see the university online or to be part of the university, but it was to be part of the group of, to be part of the conversation of the kids that she knows who are going to that university. Mm -hmm. Um, My son's not a gamer. He Mm -hmm. he watches people playing, I don't know if it's Minecraft or whatever, like on Twitch, uh, which I don't get. Anyways, like, why would you sit there and watch someone play a game versus (laughs) that is a whole, like, that's a whole industry to itself. But it is. I don't think that they realize that they couldn't do any of this without an email address. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, if I wanted to reach them, I sure as hell wouldn't send an email. It'd have to be a text message. Right, right, right. And the ringer's always off. Interesting, really. Yeah. Ringer's always off. So because so you just said implicitly you wouldn't call them, you'd text them, you wouldn't if email I, if them. I call them like it's it goes right to voicemail. I'm, I'm like, really? Why am I even paying for voicemail on their phones? <laughs> now I my I have two I have two boys and they're slightly older, uh 21, 25. Um and I I set them up with email addresses somewhere in the mid teens, not because they asked for it, because I knew they'd need it eventually. Um, but I watched them and, and email became sort of a conscious piece of their cycle as they hit that applying for college stage, because colleges were like, you know, we're going to email you this. And they're like, Oh, I guess I have to pay attention to my email. I'm like, yeah, welcome to the world kid. Um, and, and now I'm sure both of them manage multiple inboxes, get multiple messages. I doubt they think of it consciously, which I think was your point about your daughter. Like, yes, I have email, but. It, it's just like part of the plumbing background noise. It's a nuisance. It's one of those other channels that like yeah. is just bothersome. <laughs> wow, look at that. A rotary dial phone where you hated people. 241 bucks for a rotary dial phone. Well, whatever. Forget, forget the price of the rotary dial phone. But, you know, um, it's so funny. I was, I was looking at this thing. I was actually looking on... Um, I was scrolling through Facebook Marketplace because that's like one of my favorite sites. Forget Facebook itself. I love Facebook Marketplace or, you know, in Canada, we have Kijiji, um, which is kind of like a Craigslist with with nice pictures and lots of ads. Um, And so I saw this, like some guy was selling like rotary dial phones. And I said to my wife, I'm like, we should buy this for the kids. And make them call your cell number. Her cell number is nine. 
nine, yes. zero, eight, six. Like, so like, it's just, it's like one of those, I, oh my God, I hate, I'd have the worst number if, if yeah. that was yeah. your, if that yeah. was your number. And we still had rotary dial. It's like, you know, if you had to get like some nines and zeros in there, like that was brutal. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Uh, and, and your finger would get sore. Yeah, exactly. Hork in the, hork in the dial over People there. People would use like a pencil. A pencil. <laughs> and then they would have that little piece that would go on the headset so they could do yeah. this and get a crink in their neck all day. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so the technology has changed. Our lives have become a lot simpler, um, but it doesn't mean that everyone adopts to it. Right? That's true. That's true. And it also doesn't mean let's let's go back to what you said about text and 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 make an intersection point here there's a, there's a tendency to assume that new channel or device x will replace old channel or device y and what happens if you if you look at at the history of this stuff I and mean, it's, it's my field um they don't the old one actually tends to stick around uh find a fit for what it does particularly well and and leave some running room and daylight for the new. We're not we're not getting net the same number of messages now that we did 20 years ago. We're getting a lot more. Uh, we, we're probably getting more email messages than we did 20 years ago, even though we've got all these other channels competing for our attention on 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 top of the mix. Right? It's like yeah, oof. crazy. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Yeah. I grew up in a. I grew up in a town so rural and so small that we had four-digit mechanical dialing in the town and party lines at the edge of town. And going from that experience to, you know, everyone's got a supercomputer in their pocket and nobody knows anybody's number yeah. is like, wow, this is wild. This is something to something to see. Yeah. And it's funny, like, you know, we're we're locked down with covid um like really locked down nothing's open and so anything you need is curbside and so i needed something from the hardware store and like stupid me like every time i dial their number i never save it to my address book i go back onto google maps and look up their phone number yeah and i don't know why you know look i have an android phone i don't know why google maps doesn't allow me to save the contact like that map address as yeah. a contact, but it's like, you know, I could just make it a lot simpler. Um, oh, that's a but great yeah. idea. Yeah. I hope Google's, li- that's a great idea. I, li- I love that idea. The yeah, the safe, safe, just safe push a button, place. save to contact, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, why uh, not? that, that, uh, that actually save makes the name, sense. save the address, save and their I, social, like, to- like their, save their social media channels, like yeah. all of these. All they'd have to do is package that up in a V card uh, URL. Like the 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 pieces are already there to do that. Believe it or not. Hmm. What interesting. The, what the hell are we doing talking email when we could be when we could be doing <laughs> V card thingamajigs? <laughs> Got to come up with a better name than V card thingamajig. But yeah, well, you're onto something hot. Yeah. Speaking speaking of old standards, there. What you know, texting has come up a couple of times. Um, and and I and I had a, a really great conversation uh, with Kenneth Burke of a company called Text Request. He initially said, "Well, why are you inviting a text guy on the future of email?" And I said, "Ah, you know, that's an important channel, and there's some aspects of it that are similar enough where it makes for a healthy conversation." What do, do you are you involved at all in the the text SMS MMS side of of marketing? 
Yeah, so we've done some, but yeah. I got to say, for the most part, a lot of our clients haven't bridged the gap. Interesting. Um, and it's funny, I, I'm I'm now, I don't know how I got on somebody's channel, but they keep like, they keep spamming me. Really? And, well, it's, they're not spamming me. I, I use that word. I never, first of all, I never use that word because it's never like a word in my vocabulary. Like, you know, we don't, you know, people say, why don't you want to send email? Oh, because that's spam. I don't yeah. want to spam my customers. And I'm like, yeah, next. So, um, but I, I signed up for something and all of a sudden it's like, I'm getting all of these text messages. And for me, text messages, you know, my wife, my kids, my friends, I need to speak to you now. Yeah. And yet I'm getting all of these from some retailer. And it's like, I have no interest. Send me the email. I'll, I'll get to it next month. Right. Um, and the problem is like, you know, as marketers, we need to break through that noisy place. Like, and text is a great way to do so. Mm. If you get the if you get the permission to actually text someone, like or you know push notifications Gold. in their app, like it's in their face. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, uh, it's not ignorable. Yeah, yeah, it's a high, high high. Sorry, date myself again. It's a high priority interrupt, right? Like text message goes off, you you will look at it. Yeah, hmm. yeah. more yeah. than an email coming in your inbox. Yeah, because you know that's a uh, later. In fact, the number DMA it. survey says the number one action with an email that someone finds interesting is to save it for later. Right. Which okay, there you go. Um, I don't see. I as you know, I was entertained with the conversation with Kenneth. I, I I don't see text messaging almost for that reason, really doing any supplant in the marketing vocabulary. I I think your your summation, if if you get the permission to text message someone that's valuable is really accurate. But there's a really finite number of those that I would say yes to because it's such a high priority interrupt. I think um, I think where it will come in and, and have its play. And, you know, it comes along the line of like one of the other things that I wrote um, was not so much about the technology's change, but how we use it. And mm -hmm. when I think about text, I kind of think of transactional. Perfect example. Yeah. I pull up to, I pull up to Home Depot for curbside pickup. Mm -hmm. I dial the number, mm -hmm. you know, and say I'm here. Typically, they'll send me a. They should or could send me a text to say your delivery will be out in two minutes or whatever. Um, and that's where I. That's where I see it would be beneficial to me, you know. Or you know, a lot of companies are using like airlines, right? We're changing your flight. We're changing your gate. Yeah. Um, so like when you talk about these high value interrupts, that's where I think it, it makes sense. Yeah. But to yeah. let me know that, you know, McFlurries are on for 29 cents, like <laughs> who cares? Right. Where, where it's uh, where it's timely, urgent, important to you, you'll accept the message on that channel, but important to the, uh, to the, to the merchant. And eh, it's a little different thing, right? You may want me to buy a McFlurry, but. Don't that, text me about it. That's why Amber Alerts come across on text, right? That noise, I don't know who designed that, but that was a brilliant design job because I still just about jump out of the chair when that dang thing goes off. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you talk about that. You know, I, I, a while ago, my wife and I made this pact to turn our notifications off on our phone. Yeah. So, so it'll ring like... Um, 
it'll ring if like my wife calls mm-hmm. you know, or the kids call. Like my kids are upstairs. They don't need to call me. Um, they'll just yell, dad. Um, but the ding, the constant dinging of a phone is so distracted. Is so distracting. I mean, you get it for not just not just your your uh, system messages or your calendars, but it's it's everything. Like every app, whether it's you know Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok, like they're all dinging you every time there's an update, and it's like it's too much. How, how yeah. do you even like pay attention? Yeah, 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 yeah. So and we've turned them off. You did, and are you happy you turned it off? Yeah. So typically we'll check, typically I like, we'll check email, uh, mm-hmm. you know, four or five times during the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, my email's pretty well open or outlook's always open, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, to triage and go through rather than like every minute, because you could spend the entire day in the inbox. I've been to some, you know, financial institutions and, and other huge organizations where, Literally, like it's just rows and rows of people in front of computer screens staring at Outlook. Yeah. And I'm like, like, is this what they're doing? It's like their whole world is involved in the inbox. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's there uh, there's a ton of studies about the productivity cost of that. I mean, it depends on what job you're trying to get done, but almost any job requires concentration these days. And checking message after message is the opposite of concentration. I think it's what you're saying as well. Pure distraction. Pure distraction, yeah. Which ironically says that one of the sort of unintended design strengths of email that will determine determine its continued place on our belts and on our desks is that it's pretty good at I'll get to it later. Text messaging is not. Text messaging kind of sucks for I'll get to it later. It's, It's, you know, it's, it's memory and organization and search and store design even on state-of-the-art phones is eh, right. It's it's the eternal now, and wants to be dealt with yeah. now. That's yeah. a that's a lot of. Did you just blanket turn off all notifications? Did did any apps make the cut? Yeah, you know it's and it reminds me back of uh, the days ICQ, right? Instant chat. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> And, but that like that was great. Like you could actually see the person typing and, and you get it now. Like, I don't know yeah. if you've got an Android or an iPhone. My wife has my wife and kids are all on iPhone. Thank God I'm on an Android because uh, I would never, you know, a, an iPhone just doesn't have enough buttons for me. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, you know, in Messenger, like you can see the person literally typing. Same yeah. as in like WhatsApp. Yeah. You can yeah. see them. Oh, they're thinking or they're typing. Yeah. Oh, they're thinking. But in ICQ, you could actually see letter by letter. Oh, and then backspace, you know, That's let's say. Would, right. Wow. Yeah. 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 I, I, I have that sound. Oh, you know, <laughs> like somebody wrote something wrong. I did not mean to say that. Yeah. I watched you type it, dude. I know that's what exactly. you were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah if, and if, God, if email did that, it's like, oh, Jeff has a message open to me oh and he's God. typing it. Uh Rude. <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah. No, take a little time like to think our, about it before you send it, please. It's uh, like if our emails could only share what we were actually thinking. <laughs> where like ICQ was actually uh yeah, sharing before we actually could finish our thoughts. Right, right. I I I, I did tweak the setting on my primary uh email client so that it's a 30 second delay before I hit send and it's 30 seconds before it's actually sent. Oh yeah, that's cool. 
Well, it, it's not like I, I send a lot of flame mail or something like that. But like, oh, if I forgot something, if I made a mistake, because like having 30 rest. seconds to go, oh, forgot the link, right? Right. Okay. That seems like a reasonable thing to me. I don't use it that often, but I'm glad it's there fundamentally. Like we had that in some of the earlier versions of these email tools. Like I can remember DoubleClick and Exact Target. Um had this, you know, 60 second countdown, save your ass timer. <laughs> so you would press send and mm-hmm. it would literally like give you the 60 second timer, which you couldn't actually say bypass. It was just like 60 second. You had oh, to on, a camp- and- on a campaign, you mean? Yeah. You had to that- sit there and watch this, this, um, you know, I want to say uh, hourglass. Yeah. You know, this, 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 the <laughs> grains of sand dripping through, but it's like, yeah, it was like literally like watching paint dry, but it, you know, more often than not, you would say, oh my God, you know, yeah. I, I forgot something or I need to double check something and it would save your ass because there's no pulling those messages back. Right. There's uh, there's, there's no un- undo button on that big sin. And um, then comes your business. Um, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll change it. We'll change the stuff in your, yeah, in your inbox. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see our, um, if you take all of the companies who who work in this space, it'll put the label real time around it. Um, ninety, I'm gonna guess ninety eight percent of email messages have nothing, have no real time content. It's like we're just getting started. Um, whether or not it'll take off and go mainstream, so wide open question. But that uh, it, it's tiny take up at this point, which is you know maybe an opportunity. Um, would you mind? And again, I'm, I'm keeping in mind there may be people listening on headphones and at a commute or something like that. Talk about the email guide a little bit. Cool, cool, uh, cool service. Yeah, you know, I thank you. So I started it 10 years ago, long before there was um, see, now my mind is like a blank. You know, long before there was G2 Crowd and um, Captera and all of those other companies, like I I really got to think that I was uh, one of the first in the industry to come up with a directory model. And when I started in uh, in 2010 or 2009, Mm -hmm. um, email was a very noisy, um, noisy marketplace driven by a commoditized CPM. And you couldn't really tell the difference between all the different players. So what I wanted to do was have a place where people could identify and differentiate the different vendors and the vendors could come and have a voice. Mm -hmm. I blew my brains out on publishing. Like, you know, in 2009, what did I know about publishing? Like it was so brand new, you know, the world of blogging. And um, so uh, I blew my brains out for a while. And then I said, you know what? I want to give it a second shot. And I rebuilt uh, the tool last year yeah. and uh, I've relaunched it. Uh, we've got 600 and some odd different vendors, everything from, you know, a, a self-server or a, a, a server-based software that you would install, whether it be on your desktop or yeah. sitting on a rack to, you know, um, enterprise uh, ESP and technologies or ESPs, sorry, enterprise 
ESP and um, marketing automation platforms mm-hmm. to everyone else in between all of the other different ancillary tools, whether it be, you know, for copywriting, for creative services, for um, data management and cleansing. So when you think about email marketing, it's not just, you know, taking my message and pushing it out the door, but it's everything from, you know, how do I acquire addresses? How do I cleanse my list? How do I um, maintain my database? How do I plug and play all of these different tools into one. And uh, what we're trying to do is, is tie this whole ecosystem together for the space of, you know, email marketing and marketing automation. Right. right. And, and how happy are you at this point with, uh, with the reboot? You know, I'm never happy, Matthew, <laughs> you know, like, like that, there it is. Bottom line. I am never happy. I, I suffer from, I suffer from the disease of, I want more, you hmm. know, and what I, what I mean is, like, I'm just never happy with what I have. Hmm. And it's like, it's like that. It's like the website, the website will never be done, right? You know, we launch it when we think we're close enough, but it's never done. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with, Hmm. with the reboot. My, my biggest problem, and I I hate being honest. uh, My biggest problem is time. You know, it's, you know, like I said, I'm chief cook and bottle washer. Yeah. Uh, it is hard to get everything done in the day. So I have people coming there. I have people searching. I'm having people, I'm helping people find technology. Uh, we just launched um, a free email audit. So if people are actually deploying messages uh, and they want help, just a second set of eyes, we're doing a free message audit. covers 31 points of wow, nice. um, identification that we need to be looking at when deploying a message. But I think most importantly is it's so hard to critique our own stuff. You know, it, it, it really is beneficial to give it to somebody else and Mm. just let them, what do you see? What am I missing? And it's, it's, I love watching people uh, like putting a website in front of somebody and saying, surf, navigate, do what you're supposed to do. And then look at it. And then you look at through their eyes and they're like, what am I supposed to do? You know, it's like, you know, you just realize, oh, I'm missing the boat in this area or it's not as clear or as intuitive. You know, I I switched email technologies from one platform to the other. On one platform, the, the, the like go button or the enter button or the save button was in the bottom right. Or or in the next one, it was in the top right. Like I'm looking all over the place. (laughs) No, your readers can't see this, but I'm like looking for a UFO. It's like, where the hell's that button? And like (laughs) weeks to recognize it's in the top right corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I think I suffer from that same thing. And that is, you know, I just want it to be a little bit different, a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And so all in all, it's it's good. It's coming along. We're building traffic. but I still want more out of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, How's that a, a process, not a product. As you said, a website is never done. It's never done. Even a one-page website, stupid things never done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and look at, look at, you've got a tool, right? So user experience is critical to you. Absolutely. And so like, you know, when are you ever done with user experience? And then you yeah. bring a new feature in and it's like, yeah. It's like I wish the readers could see your eyes like spinning around in your head like a slot machine. Like it's <laughs> yeah. it's dizzying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 how do I put this? The 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 quest to get that see it through the user's eyes. It's that's it's 
it's really hard. Um, it's hard to get people to want to provide that time and, and input to you. Um, it's hard to make the time and, and make the priority of, no, 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 we really need to see what this looks like. I, I hate to say it, Microsoft again, I'm on a uh, binge today, but you know, mid-90s, Microsoft had, and this is desktop software era, they had usability labs with one-way mirrors and desks and cameras. And we would, before we released a product, it would be, you know, drag people off the street, bribe them with a free copy of Excel, say, please sit down and use this thing. Uh, what am I using it for? Uh, you know, like, uh, uh, we'll give you a scenario, but we really want to see what we didn't expect to see. We want to see what you'll actually do. And it was, right. you know, it was invaluable. Yeah. Um, and in theory, you can make a, a product sort of self-instrument. It's like, wait, nobody's nobody's clicking the such and such button ever. Hmm, what did we miss? But that's a whole nother layer of work in the building of the thing and the running of the thing to add to what's already a difficult task. Yeah. 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 Do you, so, um, how closely do you monitor like page view patterns on the email guide? Yeah, we're, um, yeah, we do. And we see where drop off is. Mm -hmm. Um, it's actually, that is very interesting that you say that because last week I spent a lot of time, uh, just with Google analytics and upgrading, um, to, uh, what is it? Google for the new one. Yeah. Yeah. And look at the insights you get out of it are incredible. Um, I, I get this great opportunity with my clients that, you know, a lot of times when we work on programs, I want to see the back end. So mm -hmm. it's not just show me the email, but it's, you know, show me the e-commerce, show me the web analytics because they all tie together. Yeah. You know, you know, you can't send an email out without the expectation of they need to come to the web to do something, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, so to look at that is really important. And I think the point that I wanted to talk about is you gotta be a freaking rocket scientist to really mm -hmm. <laughs> get the full juice of Google Analytics. Oh God, yes. You know, and it's so funny because uh, it just came up in my LinkedIn. I was looking at, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. So I'm not even going to say it, but there's this guy, he's really smart. He uh, was with Google Analytics and he's now on his own. And like, he would just really dumb it down for everybody and show like the real simple things, what you need to know. And yeah. look at, they do this, you know, you can type in these, these simple questions, like, you know, what was my website traffic last month or what's the most important stat? And, and it'll spit up some logical answers. Google's smart that way. But the biggest problem is, is there's just so much behind it. So when I look back into my business, I got to say like, you know, I can focus on some of the minute details but then you get lost in the weeds sometimes and you, you miss the bigger picture. So. Well, and, and, and learning the weed whacker is a full-time job. Kind of what you just said about Google analytics. Um, I've seen the nag notices about the new version. <laughs> this makes me go, Oh God, you know, like I, I scratch the surface and barely know diddly squat about the one that's been sitting there running and gathering stats for X number of years and diving in and really learning the new one. Like it, it's crazy uh, what it'll do. It's crazy what it'll do. Yeah. yeah. And crazy valuable. You have but, Shopify or WooCommerce or whatever, plug yeah. that in. And yeah, like, it, like all these tools are made to plug and play. And like, it's, it's mind blowing. Plus when we do email campaigns, we're all like peppering our URLs with these, you know, UTM codes. Yep. Yep. Um, 
Like it's just invaluable the data you can get from it. But then again, it's like, you know, as an email marketer, we said this at the beginning, like we're overtasked, we're under-resourced. Yeah. We don't have time for this stuff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. We need to look at it. Yeah, and it's not because it's not like there's no such thing as an end-to-end one thing, do, one does all system. I mean, look at the number of not just products, but completely separate technologies we've we've riffed on in you know in 50, 50 minutes here and the marketer the business uh, sorry that's that's the new highway streets roads road signs you're gonna have to navigate that it's just part of how it works we all got our butts booted online about a year ago and we're not necessarily going back so we'll have to navigate that you know if someone if 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 some hypothetical exec is listening to this uh, the best thing you can do is realize that that it pays itself back when you invest in the the team and the people and the resources to do it well. It's a 38 one 38x return in your email group. Why would you not staff that up? You can't see it because it's blurred, but it comes back to my note. Not so much about the tech, but how we use it, right? How we use so it. So it's like, you know, you look at Google and like, like it sits out so much. So it's not about the technology, but it's really about the resources and the people to make it work right and using it properly and, and getting those reports that are actionable. It's the same as about your email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and email, we don't really have a Google Analytics for email per se, do we? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, um, you look at the you look at the diversity and breadth of data that you get from a web page. You just you know you just mentioned it in terms of Google Analytics, and then you mentioned putting UTM codes, which are web analytics codes, in the email. There's no UTM code in the email body. You tend to at best have a tracker pixel that tells you it was opened. Like that's pretty shallow. I know it's I know it's a big deal, but that doesn't that doesn't tell me a whole lot. It treats the message as a monolith. Right. Yeah. So we actually um, we tend to like platforms like mostly B two B platforms that will give you the behavior tracking as well. Yeah. So um, you know one of the ones we love is Active Campaign, mm-hmm. but you know at the high end of the scale you can see it in Pardot and you know a lot of uh, a lot of other applications are bringing this in. But the idea that along each customer profile, we're going to tag and track all of their um, pages that they surf and where they go and mm-hmm. what their patterns are like. The tools are not savvy enough to um, to analyze that data. That's what you would need Google Analytics for. Mm-hmm. But they're smart enough to store the data mm-hmm. so that when you want to go back and remarket, you get these actionable insights. I got, I got a hard stop. I got four minutes left, but I wanted to ask you a question. What's that? Because I, I don't know if anybody really gets to ask you the question being the, you're the question asker. Let's say you weren't doing technology, mm-hmm. like, you know, closed up business, whatever. What would you be doing instead of making emails look better and, and be more relevant? Uh, reading and writing, honestly. Yeah? Yeah, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm a voracious learner. And uh, I, the, 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 the stack of... Golly, that looks interesting. I want to read that. Or oh, how, like what? What do you things? want to read or write about? Like what? Do you, uh, what's the hobby? What's the interest? <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I don't have a very. I can't put a very good box around that. There's a half finished manuscript on character animation that I that I'd like to get done. There's a book for. Um, there's a there's a book for uh, parents whose kids have the arts bugs that I would like to 
Right. Um, I'm extremely intrigued by the sort of broad sweep of of history, particularly history with technology in it, but history period. Um, and I haven't finished the Will and Ariel Durant, you know, 14 volumes uh, story of civilization yet. I do want to get to that. So I'm not going to give you a good coherent answer, but I would have my nose in a, in a, in a book. And I probably come down and write code just because I want to build stuff too. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's interesting because, you know, I think one of the best ways to really like find out about somebody is kind of look at their YouTube history. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but okay. that, that, you know, the reading and the writing about even like the, would you say character animation? Mm-hmm. Like it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a whole different world than what you're in. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's some prob- probably some there's, stuff. There's a in lot common. of similarities to that creative aspect. Yeah. 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 I, was, I'm, I'm, I come from an arts background and found myself in technology and I think the two fit together surprisingly well. And you came, well, you came off a boat and you're doing this, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Weird. And I bet if we had time to do more, a long, the longer conversation, a half hour about it, talking about what you learned as a, you know, as a, as a hardcore sailor and scuba diver and so on and, and how that informs what you do now would be fascinating. It could be. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I if you get on such like a like such a drama, it could be, but probably not. Um, probably not. Hmm. Yeah, you know. Well, it, it does, and I'll I'll give you the I'm going to give you the short answer real quick. I think the number one thing that it taught me is to be self reliant. That you know I can get anything done that I need to get done. I just need to have the right tool. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, when you're, when you're out at sea and the something breaks, you know, the idea of MacGyvering it really does come to life. You, and you have to. how do we, how do we make, how do we make it to come together with, you know, scotch tape, bubble gum and glue? Yeah. And I think what I look at and I apply that back to business and I was just writing about this was I know how to bridge the gap and solve technical problems with simple solutions nice so, nice yeah. that's a that's a good note to end on and i want to respect your hard stop so jeff thanks it was a great conversation as i as i knew it would be for Thank those you of you for having me yeah i appreciate getting it to the end of it my guest has been jeff ginsburg chief email officer at the email company and editor of the email guide jeff have a fantastic rest of the day i look forward to speaking with you again thanks matthew have a great day bye Hi, Dr. Matthew Dunn here. Thank you so much for listening to The Future of Email. If you're an email industry exec or marketer and you're interested in being a guest, please apply at campaigngenius.io slash futureofemail. If this interview was useful for you, please consider sharing it. Grab a screenshot and post it and text it and, of course, email it to your friends. If you know someone who you think would be a good guest, tag them in your post and include the hashtag future of email. I really appreciate seeing guest suggestions. It helps us a ton to keep the show interesting. We do put out new episodes and new content fairly regularly. To keep up, I would suggest subscribing. Your sharing, your rating, your reviews are the key to promoting to the show and they mean a ton to me and to the team here. If you want to know more, go to our website, campaigngenius.io slash future of email or Follow me on LinkedIn. Search for Dr. Matthew Dunn. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.